Hang on. Hang on. Halt. Welcome to This Might Be a Podcast. Before we start, oh, we've got a quick mailbag. We've got an email from Marianne McTrow. And she said, hey, Greg, just listened to AC's Clown Town episode. Great covers. Holy cow. Echolemchi hit it out of the damn park. If you or your listeners are looking for a cinematic version of Clown Town, I highly recommend Shakes the Clown, written, directed, and starring Bobcat Goldthwaite. It is a comedy-slash-murder mystery set in a world populated by literal clowns. Good clowns, bad clowns, rodeo clowns, mimes. The main character, Shakes, is an alcoholic clown. I've probably seen it half a dozen times. It's amazing. I highly recommend it. Keep potting, Marianne. Thanks for writing in, Marianne. That sounds uh, bonkers. I shall have to check that out as soon as I get the chance. Uh, anyone can write in at this might be a pod at Gmail, or you can call me at 224-801-2930. And with that, on with the episode. Welcome to This Might Be A Podcast, the song-by-song podcast about the greatest band of all time, They Might Be Giants. I'm your host, Greg Simpson, and I'm here with Michael Valensic to talk about the song Theme from Flood off of uh, Flood. Here we go. Why is the world in love again? Why are we marching hand in hand? Why are the ocean levels rising up? It's a brand new record for 1990. They might be joined. Michael! Hello! Another Michael. It's such an uncommon name as well. There's a few of us out there. (laughs) Yep, just last night, I guess last week for listeners, talking to Michael King, another Michael on the books. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about you other than you are a fellow music maker and that you live in Utah. I don't know very much else about you I, I i i i'm pretty sure you're a young chap but i'm not sure exactly how old you are uh 26 26 okay yeah yeah still still spring chicken uh and uh how the, the weather out here is so so crappy how's the weather in utah right now is it still like uh, winter winter we've gotten a lot of snow but then we've also got a lot of rain recently it's kind of going back and forth kind of hasn't made up its mind yet it's that time of the year yeah it will not stop raining around here (laughs) it's fine to be inside when you're a music maker and such right are you uh are are you still uh is the band still actively uh uh cranking out the tunes these days uh it's been a while everyone's been pretty busy we did uh finally get some stuff up on spotify uh under the name haunted croissant 
Uh, but everyone's that. schedule has been so busy. We haven't been able to record or meet for quite a while. So kind of on hiatus. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. If we want to, uh, if you want to drop in a song later in the plug section, we can definitely do that. Oh yeah, for sure. People. A little uh, taste of the tasty croissant. <laughs> this is so weird. Yeah, another Michael. And I was actually just talking about croissants with other Michael because he is a baker. And talking about how mm, complicated croissants are. It's foreshadowing. This is eerie. This, it's eerie. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. So uh, the the important uh, topic at hand, though, people need to know your They Might Be Giants fandom story. How did you get into the TMBGs? Uh, I think uh, my history with They Might Be Giants kind of comes in different stages. Because uh, I grew up, uh, my my parents had the CD of Flood, and we would listen to that all the time, uh, especially on road trips. It was kind of a tradition to put it in on, on a long road trip. Uh, so I, I kind of have every moment of that album memorized, I would I think. And like I can't listen to it on shuffle. <laughs> it It throws me off. Um, yeah, and you know, just to jump in there, it kind of—I'm kind of bummed about how they refuse to play "Flood" in order. Like to me, that's like the track listing is part of what it's like ingrained to me. It's like one solid definitely. piece of music, right? And when they like the one live cut we're going to play, they were doing it backwards. Uh, track listing then and now they're just going like all over the place like interspersed with other songs i i don't know i mean when you've been playing it for like 30 40 years you got to mix it up so that's fine but like i am expecting like in my my it's kind of built into my uh my neurons like (laughs) after birdhouse in your soul comes uh oh shoot i was just listening to earlier it's uh uh, ball and chain, lucky ball and chain. Yeah, I can't remember I'm, I'm the not name. Not gonna give him a clue. Not gonna give him a clue. <laughs> I, I'm yeah myself wrong here. <laughs> but it's like that kind of thing too. Where like as a musician, like I don't have perfect pitch, but like like once the one song ends, whatever note that ends on, I can already sing like the beginning like note of the next it. song. You know, like the the whatever the interval might be to the next note. It's like mm-hmm. just it's that much in me, like doing it out of order. I mean, I'm sure I'm gonna love it when I see him in uh, less than two weeks, uh, yeah, uh-huh. or less than a week after this comes out. But um, yeah, I just kind of want to hear it in order, and then the yeah, for stuff. sure, yeah. So that but was, anyway, so yeah. so you had cool parents who had flood. Oh yeah, they they discovered it while they were in college at Brigham Young University. And so I, I don't really I don't have a distinct memory of when I first heard it, uh, but I, I I do remember at some point my dad said that it was one of the greatest albums of all time, and that kind of stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I think the second portion of that is uh, a family friend of ours gave us a CD with uh, the album No, and then a few other random things um, like Doctor Worm was on there, and then a few songs from Miscellaneous Tea, uh, which mm. were. Uh, kind of a stark difference from the kids <laughs> tracks it was yeah. uh i'll sink manhattan the famous polka and uh it's not my birthday which are all very i mean some of those are kind of depressed super depressing songs <laughs> uh, so i'll sink manhattan sticks out especially yeah so we had uh that cd that we would listen to the, the second half of that cd was uh um 
Space Ghost, a Space Ghost album, <laughs> if you're familiar with <laughs> oh, that yes. whole thing. So that was an Space interesting mix. Ghost. Coast to coast. Um, and I think at some point we got started getting the uh, the kids' DVDs as well, like the ABC's DVD. My dad got it through his work. He worked for a company that supplied Walmart with um, like physical media, like DVDs, books, things like that uh, at the time. So heard that, and then I think when I really got into them, I was around 13, 14, and I started going into kind of uh, the rest of their discography. And uh, I really delved into the wiki, spent way too much time on there, and started <laughs> finding the uh, like CDs on eBay or Amazon, starting building up my collection and getting really diving in around yeah. then. Yeah, nice. Yeah, because you still would have been childlike age when all those were coming out oh yeah yeah like the first new album that came out after i got into like really got into them was join us in 2011 i was like what 16 or something 15 or 16 yeah. at that time <laughs> yeah i remember yeah. I, I came home from work and my mom had bought it on amazon music or something and she was telling me oh you've got to hear this song you got to learn what a cephalophore is <laughs> and she was really excited about that song in particular. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I, I know. I love hearing the stories about uh, people whose parents are into TMBG, but then it makes me feel old. But I mean, I, but, you know, I wasn't into them at the very beginning either. I'm not that, you know, they've, they've crossed so many generations. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead, it's I'm the one that got my parents into them. <laughs> <laughs> and they're coming down from Chicago to go to the Indianapolis show. Oh, uh, nice. With us, yeah, I'm yeah. finally gonna go see them with my partner uh, in May. I've had these tickets since uh, like early 2020. I've had these tickets for ages. We're finally gonna go. Finally gonna go see them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very excited. Another common tale I've been hearing from folks mm-hmm. on the show. Finally, like I, dreams coming true. Yeah, like <laughs> I, it never worked out for me to go see them. Any point they came through Kansas City while I was growing up there. Mm. Um. So this will yeah. be my first show, and I'm very excited. Yeah, Kansas City, probably not a spot they'd hit every time through, kind of like how Indianapolis no. is. Like, yeah. they were, it's just like whatever circumstances came up, it just never worked out for me to go, mm. to, go to the show, which is sad, but... Yeah. Life yeah. is life. And Utah is one of those where it's like, sure, there's plenty of big cities there, but... Um, Oh, yeah, I'm like, I'm it's in Provo. far driving distance from like everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a, a lot of bands come through Salt Lake, and that's where I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot of shows yeah. kind of up in that area. Uh, like, especially last summer, we went to see the Decemberists, we saw Fleet Foxes. Uh, I, I got to see uh, one of my favorite newer bands, Cheek Face. Got to see them, and that was a great show up in Salt Lake. Mm hmm. You know, on your recommendation, I did uh, message Cheekface on uh, their Instagram and never replied. Oh no, no, yeah. I'll have to reach out. Yeah, you could you could drop a word if you want. Be like, hey, this guy's not totally crazy, just a little bit. I mean, they did just start their tour again, so they're kind of busy. Yeah, sure, of course. Yeah, wouldn't need to record it right away or anything. But yeah, I'd be like, hey, mm-hmm. uh, I just did this show. Now you should do this show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, your first time seeing them. That's pretty exciting. And they're getting you're getting in with the horns and everything on the first time. Oh, yeah, time it's going to be great. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited for the horns. I mean, when I saw them in India, in the, I like fun 
tour, they had Kurt Raymond trumpet. Oh yeah, um, he's he's amazing. Yeah, but Mark Pender too. I mean, and I've had him on the show. Oh, very yeah, cool. All all three horns, the Triceratops. I had them all on the show. Got to catch them uh, all. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> Triceratops fever. Catch it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't know if they'd be like if they'd recognize me from the video call we did like a year and a half ago. I'd be like, "Hi guys." Be like, I don't know. I was like, "Oh, oh yeah, it's probably kind of hard to see individual faces in a in a crowd like that." Oh uh, yeah, with the lights on you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I don't expect anything like that, but uh, it looks like Pender's been putting on quite a uh, a show um physically as well as uh yeah. trumpet wise it's like yeah i saw the, they did a, a live stream i think for the the fan club and then i think they did another one kind of free to the public i, I saw both of those live streams mm-hmm. and yeah. Yeah, those, those were great shows yeah um so flood a album that has a a personal uh personal history connection for you we are talking about the very first sounds that kick off that album the theme from flood and this is one of those where like early in the podcast when i was making my spreadsheet and all this stuff i'm like do i just like you know does that get its own episode or do i like tack it onto the birdhouse episode or whatever and then i'm like ah birdhouse there's too much to talk about there anyway i'm like you know what these short songs deserve their own episodes anyway. I mean, with the exception of fingertips that I lumped into a bunch of chunks. Um, theme from Flood, I think it's, I mean, it's like a grand announcement. It's a grand statement. I think it's deserving of its own episode, and I'm glad uh, you picked it. Uh, I, so, I'm honored. Yeah. Um, kicking off the album here, what... Uh, I don't well first of all do you have any memories from when you were little of like what you thought about this track cuz I know lots of times like as a kid you might have like something different in your head of like who these people are or whatever else and this is kind of a different kind of track and then it's not even the Johns and stuff Yeah I do you have, do you have any memories of this uh, song in particular Not really specifically I think it all kind of is like like I said earlier, it's kind of burned into my memory. It's all kind of one big piece a lot of times. Like I have like good memories in general of like going on road trips. Like I said, it's all just kind of part of the experience. Um I don't know if I think of it any differently. Well, I pro- I can probably talk about it more intelligently now than maybe I could when I was younger. Of um, course. <laughs> maybe able to put words to how I feel about it, but I don't know if it is really drastically different in any way. Mm-hmm. So Linnell said in a Rolling Stone article, um, it was 2009, so I guess it was approaching the 20th anniversary of Flood. He said, it seemed appropriate to inaugurate our major label debut by having the listener pass through a ceremonial archway. <laughs> That's a really good word for it, uh, inaugural, like in, to inaugurate. It's, I think for a lot of people, maybe it's, maybe their first experience with They Might Be Giants. It's maybe a lot of, mm-hmm. I imagine a lot of people had friends in college who said, oh, you should check out this album. And so it's kind of this, like you said, that grand archway to introduce the band to people. And I think probably a lot of people have that experience. 
Yeah, it's kind of that. Um, it's funny. It's introducing you to the band in the album, but none of the band actually plays on this track. <laughs> but it, it's almost like the uh, it's like the hail to the chief, like to them yeah. or something, or like in old like medieval times, like the trumpeters being like, "Hey, here come oh yeah yeah the town <laughs> here come prior. the two kings right here come the two Johns you know hear ye other hear people. ye it's exactly. the Johns ding 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 exactly everybody on your feet <laughs> so I was looking into the people that are on this track and a little little hard to track down stuff the uh lead uh female vocal uh Marion Beckenstein or Beckenstein Marion Beckenstein they have a cool picture of her on the wiki playing the auto harp I'm a big fan of the auto harp. We just got one here uh, ourselves at the house. Uh, And I searched her down a little bit. She doesn't have a whole lot easily tagged to her name, but this group that the wiki mentioned, this uh, Steve Reich Ensemble, um, I was able to find some tracks from that. So I was trying to figure out a song where I, I felt like I could really hear her voice, like that voice that is so ingrained in our heads from hearing this theme uh, a bajillion times. Uh, And so I found this song uh, from the Steve Reich Ensemble called Who is Hagar? Which, I don't know what that means. But this is some very uh, cool, weird, kind of avant-garde stuff. So I'm going to drop that in uh, here. Ex-wife, I think, was Egyptian. So there are two sopranos listed on this. There's a Cheryl Bensman Rowe and then her, Marion uh, Beckenstein. But do you, do you feel like you're hearing that same voice where you, when you uh, when you listen to that? I think so. From that uh, Who is Hagar piece, yeah. It's it's almost like... <laughs> it's almost like a weird prog, like, old church... Uh, <laughs> him or something i don't know it's like some yeah sort i was of looking into uh steve reich because i feel like i've heard that name before mm-hmm. I, I think i i think i heard his name in some kind of class i took oh. um like i think it was like a music history class or something um maybe yeah it's, it's been it's been a while i mean would they call him like 20th century classical uh uh, I yeah, it's kind, kind of in the vein of like maybe John Cage or something like kind of those yeah. kind of more avant-garde composers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's one of those things that definitely could fit into a lot of categories. Um, 
It's very like experimental. I mean, it's definitely not rock, but yeah. 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 Um Yeah, so they I mean, he started the group in nineteen sixty six. Wow. And this track we just listened to is from uh nineteen ninety five. Uh, which came out on None Such Records, which is a label that puts out a lot of rock stuff. So, you know, this is the kind of uh, guy that I think kind of taps into a whole bunch of different, uh, you know, networks of people to get his uh, instrumentalists. And uh, sure. hearing that uh, Marion's voice on that, it's like, it was just, it was almost like weird in a way to hear that voice on a song other than the theme from Flood. Yeah, for sure. It, it looks like it's kind of a, an opera type piece that he wrote. Um, mm-hmm. So th- there's kind of that operatic quality to the theme from Flood. So it it makes sense that yeah uh, they would have brought in that those kind of performers to to record this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because this this album, uh, the Cave, it's kind of broken up into acts. It looks mm-hmm. like, and I listened to a couple of other tracks. Two, this one just seemed to be the best example of like, oh, that's it's got to be her. So that's kind of cool because I hadn't bothered to look into her before. Uh, and then, unfortunately, though the the lead male vocal Joel Mitchell, I yeah, I don't know, it's just the names maybe too common or something. I, I it kept coming up with this like Joel Mitchell guy some like acoustic guitar guy who had like a Dave Matthews band style kind of <laughs> band. And see like playing like, you know, the local County fair or whatever else. I'm like, that's not him. <laughs> that is definitely not him. He was, this guy was probably like four when flood came out. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't it's, know. It's uh, not the most Googleable name either. Yeah. Maybe somebody else knows a bit more about it. Yeah, maybe, you know, people can uh, definitely write in or call in 224-801-2930. Tell us if uh, you got any tips on uh, who is the Joel Mitchell. Who is like, this I just man? Did a Google, yeah, I just did a Google image search of him, and it's just like 30 different guys. <laughs> it's a hive mind. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it was some sort of like Voltron type thing, all these Joel Mitchells <laughs> attached together. And sang for this song. So, no examples of uh, Joel Mitchell there. And then uh, the horns, which to me it always sounded like a whole like uh, ensemble of horns, but really the ensemble was just built uh, out of one trombonist named Rick McRae. And Rick McRae has uh, played live with Team G and stuff like that, like, you know, pre um, Triceratops horns days. Uh, we played on Theme from Flood and also on Whistling in the Dark. And so the wiki, again, what would we do without it, uh, said he was a, a member of the 12 Corners Klezmer Band. And I think Klezmer music is, like, super fun. I played in an accordion ensemble f- for a couple of years when I was in Bloomington with six other accordionists. And uh, we would play, like, We'd go to like an old folks' home and play like the Hanukkah party or something and play all this cluster music. It was super fun. And so I'm like, well, let's see what we can find. And there wasn't a whole lot for 12 Corners Klezmer Band, but I'm going to send you a link here. Um, it's just listed as 12 Corners Klezmer Band hyphen wedding. 
right about like 25 seconds or so, you hear like this ripping trombone come in. And I'd like to think that, yes, that's him. Well, I can't confirm it. I'd like to think so. Why don't you check that out? Yeah, it doesn't show the musicians really at all. Like, it seems like they're mm-hmm. kind of off in the background. It's mainly... Yeah, it's like filmed from the stage or something. Yeah, or I mean, it's someone, you know, just like documenting the wedding there. Uh, I mean, this the video is 15, uploaded 15 years ago. So kind of grainy footage mostly of people uh, dancing, you know, traditional circle dances and stuff at this wedding. And uh, But then you hear that... And, you know, maybe this band has had multiple trombones in throughout the years or something, but uh, I, I would like to think that that is Rick McRae uh, that we're hearing there. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's some fun music to play. It's always very, very quick tempos. Um, so, yeah, those are the uh, the only people on... This track, Marion Beckett singing, Joel Mitchell singing, and Rick McRae on trombone. And it just sounds so epic, but it's just uh, just these three. I always imagined it was more people, especially oh, yeah. Yeah, when I, yeah, it know, does feel very like grandiose, kind of like a like a almost like a classical performance or something like you see on a stage, maybe like Broadway or it's just very like something you see at a concert, very like kind of Highbrow almost. It's kind of like this pretentious kind of grandiose introduction, <laughs> but it's also very like earnest at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, it does it does straddle that line. I love the harmonies at the end that they get with the uh, the, uh that trombone at the yeah. end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The trombone and the vocals is a very stacked chord and mm-hmm. it's got that little bit of the distance in there, like I don't know whoever nice. t- whoever tabbed it on the for the guitar. They have it as an A six at the end. I feel like there might be a seventh in there too, because there's like this little bit of crunchiness to it mm. that is so uh, kind of that satisfying. tension, and then that kind of the tension kind of builds up, and then it releases, and it flows right into Birdhouse really nicely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's impossible not to hear Birdhouse after you hear this. Oh yeah, song. like immediately immediately yeah for such a short little song it does have a pretty interesting chord progression very kind of walking around it's not very repetitive at all actually there's no yeah there's no outright repeating patterns in this song at all it's just like one long fluid thing well not long but one you know long progression yeah, I kind of wonder like once. who specifically wrote it. If it was like Linnell or Flansburg, or if they collaborated, or I wonder. I I kind of wonder like it doesn't really say much on the um on the wiki. No, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's something we should throw to Flans on the Tumblr. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's good at answering those. Yeah, that's come. It's come through for the show a couple of times, actually. Yeah, I remember. I'm forgetting what episode it was. Um, 
or what song it was. My my guest uh, Christine, she between us recording it and me airing it, she found an answer to a question from Flans on the Tumblr, and I just plugged Very it in nice. when I edited the episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, can't remember what it was exactly, but yeah. Um, so yeah, I think you used the word, um, pretentious and, um, but earnest at the same time, to paraphrase the the lyrics, the lyrics of this, it, it poses a lot of, uh, big, you know, almost philosophical type questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, what what are your takes on the lyrics? If we go like, <laughs> oh yeah, if we really we break like, it down here. Yeah, line by line. Let's see, <laughs> there aren't many why, lines. Why? Why is the world in love again? I mean, I think Flood has always <laughs> had this kind of like, um, kind of this exuberance, like this kind of joy to it. Not that the other records don't have it, but like Flood in particular, I think has this kind of very upbeat energy to it and and theme from flood kind of welcomes that in it's kind of this ideal of like i mean they might be giants call themselves the ambassadors of love for for the longest time Mm -hmm. kind of i like to think they have this um that kind of that message yeah i i do agree that it it's yeah if is it's just in my head or what that it's like it seems like their happiest record now lyrically of course still has all these dark themes that they always have and mm-hmm. all this weirdness maybe it's something just about like the production just seeming brighter or whatever like to me this always seemed like their happiest record and John Henry one of their darkest records mm-hmm. and it really doesn't have to do with the lyrics yeah i think I sonically i was production. i was kind of noticing this earlier I was listening to it on the way home from school uh, on the bus and I um there's a lot of like there's some like big band influence there's some a lot of like older country kind of that kind of influence mm-hmm. like I think in particular on flood I, I wasn't really I kind of noticed that for not for the first time but like it kind of clicked earlier there's kind of a lot of different genre influences yeah. But kind of that country vibe almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that kind of like oompa kind of th- Yeah, yeah. <laughs> feel. And that's something, you know, I've mentioned that before, that the 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 country twang that Flans especially used to bring, you know, on occasion, maybe once or twice in an album, doesn't mm-hmm. really do it anymore. I don't know why. Could use that... Uh, that, and he doesn't bring the the like swing that he used to either. I feel like a couple of like his his wheelhouses from the early days. He doesn't tap into it much anymore. Maybe he feels. Yeah, like I think he maybe he out. used it all all up on a what's the one on Long Tall Weekend Counterfeit Faker. I think that one uses a <laughs> he used up all the rest of his uh, store there with the, the twang. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah, why is the world in love again? Why are we marching hand in hand? You know, they might be giants are a band that brings people together. For sure. Right. I wish there's a lot of uh I think especially right now in uh in the US, there's a lot of tension like politically and like uh especially for minorities such as trans people, there's a lot of attacks, I think. And I think 
if everyone were to listen to Flood, we, we the world could be a better place. We yeah, we need that. We need we need the world to fall in love again. I think is it's, it's it's a hard place to live in right now. Agree. It's like everything needs to turn into an argument, like no matter what it is. Even just mm-hmm. like these Simpsons meme groups that I belong to and stuff. Like there was this whole thing. Someone posted a meme about how like breastfeeding is the only way to do it and it just went at this whole thing i'm like oh my god i'm like i'm in here for simpsons jokes like what is going on here yeah that's something i've always loved about the uh they might be giants community on facebook especially like if it weren't for the miscellaneous tea group i think i would be uh i wouldn't be holding on to my facebook account i think i would be out of there but it's right. just such a good inclusive welcoming com- uh community um like I remember, uh, uh, back in early 2020, I I organized that uh, Glean cover album, and I got mm-hmm. so many responses so quickly for that, like rallying around that the cause at the time. Yeah, all the uh, the wildfires in uh, Australia. I think you did the uh, the final mixing on that project as well. Yeah, well the the master, yeah, or master, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that was that was cool to get like the uh, the preview of the whole album and do that. And that's that's I mean that's that's a, a skill that I've that was a good place for me to kind of test my skills at mastering a comp because it's tough when you've got that many different artists performing mm-hmm. in that many different styles. It's a very uh, challenging uh, uh, but cool experience doing that. Yeah, I mean it's a, it was a smaller project than like the flood one, for example. Uh, that one, there were so many really interesting uh, takes on all the songs that went in so many different directions. Um, I actually did the, uh, the the art for that as well, for that one. Oh, but mm-hmm. okay. I, I have a few uh, claims to fame for my graphic design career, like uh, some cover album covers. Um, I think my biggest one is the Meet the Elements t-shirt that I designed uh, as oh, an official yeah. T-shirt for the Getting band, official. Man. That's my that's my biggest claim to fame as a aspiring was graphic that, designer. Yeah, how did was that commissioned from them, or was that something you had already come up with that they? Uh, I noticed? had the idea, and I kind of threw it together on uh, Microsoft Paint as kind of a <laughs> something to just to submit to their uh, Tumblr because I know they often repost uh, the fan art, mm-hmm. and then I, I was contacted by their manager to like to kind of polish it up and make it into an official t-shirt sadly it's not currently available they i know they recently changed to a different uh distributor and website and all that because it was so popular and sold out maybe i I mean i think they were actually it was being uh printed to order i believe at the time but Mm. who knows maybe they'll bring it back as a uh a poster or something that would be cool it seems like the perfect thing for a nerdy uh science teacher to have yeah up in the, the yeah room. The periodic table of they might be giants i was yeah, quite, have, quite happy with the end result have the real one and then have that one right next to it mm-hmm. and then when kids go up and ask about it that's when you <laughs> pop on some music while they're yeah. you know, doing their experiments corporate wants you to find the difference between these two images <laughs> and then we've got um then then we get a little more um you know literal here why are the ocean levels rising up and there was a um so when i was digging through all these covers we're not going to end up playing it but there was one cover where 
right after the why are the ocean levels rising up this like funny little voice goes into this whole thing about global warming for like oh yeah a good 10 seconds before it goes back into the song i thought that was pretty clever uh um but but no in this case it's it's they might be giants are making the ocean levels rise up i don't know i don't know if it's them being the cause <laughs> of it i think that despite the flood having that kind of very bright sound like you said earlier there's that darkness there's that kind of that uh more relevant topics uh, uh yeah like global warming maybe uh, some of these like larger issues that are kind of like behind uh the songwriting kind of awareness of what's going on in the world for sure mm-hmm. so there's there's that yeah. kind of ominous maybe not ominous um i don't know what the word i'm looking for is Mm. like there's there's stuff going on foreboding foreboding yeah that's that's a good word <laughs> but the outright say why are the ocean levels rising up it's a brand new record maybe now, it's just funny you got the why is the world in love again why is marching hand in hand happy happy wait are the ocean levels rising up oh hey maybe i can surf more you know that's a good <laughs> thing right uh <laughs> and it also just uh occurred to me how this kind of ties into it just kept making me thinking of women and men mm-hmm. uh later in the oh, album yeah. talking about you know the ships run or the ships are in an ocean the people uh you know two by two you know we've got the hand in hand we've got the ocean rising up and uh i don't know if there's necessarily any there was any uh intentional thought there between those two songs or if women and men the song you know, maybe influence the title of the album. I don't know how they came up with "Flood" as the. Uh, I mean, it's kind of playing off of title. some similar themes, maybe. Hmm. Um. I mean, kind of going off of that. I don't know if you've looked into the uh, interpretations tab on this. Uh, hmm. I have not, but I will click over. There's one. Uh, the very first one, I think it is. I I found it really interesting. Uh, I don't know. Do we want to go through this now, or kind of go through the rest of the lyrics? Because this one's pretty in-depth. Well, I mean, we we pretty much got to the end of the lyrics there. It's like, They Might Be Giants, brand new album, Flood. Yeah, brand new uh, album, and, I and, think. And that's uh, it, yeah. I, th- that line has always stood out to me, like, wow, mm-hmm. Flood will always be a brand new album. It'll always be fresh. <laughs> of course, it'll always be 1990, but it'll be a, a, a new album. Yeah, it's almost like when you see like an old VHS rip of something and it mm-hmm. comes up with like an old Pizza Hut commercial or something <laughs> like that. You know, like new stuffed crust pizza. You're like, man, that was 20 years ago that they started that. <laughs> yeah, but they've got this commercial for themselves, <laughs> dating themselves to 1990. Right I mean, I do think Flood kind of has this like timeless quality to it. Maybe, maybe it's because mm-hmm. it uses kind of all those influences like the, the big band, the swing, the 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 country vibes all these different mix in with like their their flavor of rock i don't know i think it just has a, a timeless quality sure yeah so uh what uh wh- what's your takeaway here from this interpretation uh i mean it's kind of a take on the entire album i don't know how much i agree with it or think that the johns did any of this intentionally, but I I do think it's an interesting kind of interpretation. It mm-hmm. it compares flood to alluding to kind of the the biblical myth of the flood, 
and I mean that's another religious uh, uh, traditions as well. Mm-hmm. But like flood, the flood story, Noah, kind of the ark. Kind of, there's a lot of allusions to like angels, like in Birdhouse. Mm. Um, you could interpret Triangle Man as kind of being about like kind of the uh, Trinity God kind of thing. Just mm-hmm. like little examples mm-hmm. like that where it kind of connects to like a, some yeah. biblical imagery. And maybe that's kind of like biblical in the terms of like biblical scale disasters. Why are the, the ocean levels rising up? There's kind of that <laughs> vibe, even it's if the, the John's smiting did. us. <laughs> exactly. Just like there's these disasters in the world that are kind yeah. of rising up. They're becoming more and more uh, devastating so yeah the way this person words it <laughs> the album's title alludes to god's genocide of the human race for falling out of line <laughs> yeah that really puts a whole uh damper on it right from the get-go doesn't it <laughs> right yeah start. like i said i don't i don't know if the the uh they intended it to be like this on purpose but it is i think an interesting uh take on it it's like i i yeah. grew up in a in a christian home uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints or Mormons. I, I, I still affiliate with that with them. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of, it's interesting to think about for sure and kind of look at the imagery that it uses. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, the Johns don't seem like they're religious guys. No, it's definitely something where, as far as being like history buffs, like obviously religion has played a huge part in the yeah i think that's kind of the history if they, of the world if there is any running ties it's kind of more along those lines mm-hmm. yeah this but is i just i just love how like in here. depth they tried to go with this interpretation i don't think it oh, gives yeah. a name but it uh it tries to account for like almost every song uh women and men it says be fruitful and multiply okay maybe that's a bit mm-hmm. of a stretch <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i see that huh Interesting. Yeah, it does not seem to be attributed to anyone in particular. They did all that work and then didn't take any credit for it. Hmm. Yeah, definitely yeah. well thought out there. Yeah. So kind of noticing some of those like poetic themes almost, kind of those illusions. Mm-hmm. I can see where I can see where they're coming from. Yeah. But then putting yeah, putting that more kind of negative spin on it, it really does kind of line up with TMBG's, you know, go-to happy-sounding, sad-meaning combination here. <laughs> if you're thinking like, the, why is the world in love again? You know, marching hand-in-hand hand to our deaths because the ocean <laughs> level is rising up, right? <laughs> and here's that record to usher in the apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Yeah, so I mean, really what a way to go. Spin it either way. Yeah, you can really spin it either way pretty easily. <laughs> yeah, a song that's uh, 27 seconds. I mean, there, there's a lot crammed into those 27 seconds. Oh, yeah. And um, they've they've performed the song 93 times, and uh, which isn't a ton. Um, and I think most of those, they're... They're really starting to rack up the numbers doing the uh, the flood <laughs> tour. I mean, they are doing that uh, the anniversary tour, so that makes sense. Mm-hmm. They're doing it every and, night. 
And they did a crap load of flood uh, shows in 2009, 2010 as well for oh, the yeah. 20th anniversary. The funny thing is, though, in the 90s, they only played it once. It was in Toronto, of all <laughs> places. Yeah, November 2nd of 1990. They played it, and then not again until 2000. It's almost like they, they didn't yeah. arrange it for themselves until then, maybe. Like it was arranged, kind of a studio piece, mm-hmm. and then they didn't think to adapt it to their own performance, maybe, until that time. Right. Funny, though, for them being in the duo era, era there, a band that was not against, you know, pumping in some sound through the PA... Right, seems like they could have, have worked together. Yeah, that I don't way. know. But maybe, I don't, maybe they didn't see it as like, you know, oh, this is a song to be, you know, that we, you know, we're not even on the track. Like this isn't, you know, it's just like a little, you know, introductory. It's that ceremonial archway. Yeah, maybe they kind of thought of it more of like, like a collage, like a sound collage or something, like some kind of. I don't know what I'm looking yeah. for. Yeah, yeah, I, I know what you mean. Like a lot kind of kind of more uh, of an experiment. Right, yeah, something to kind of supplement the album more than like, yeah. oh, this is the first song on the album. Yeah, funny though, because yeah, a few weeks ago I did um, minimum wage, mm-hmm. and it was the same thing with that. Now I don't believe it was this same show, but it was the same kind of thing where they played it once in 1990, minimum wage, once in 1990, and then not again for a decade. <laughs> You'd think that one would be really fun to just right to, to blast out. Yeah, I know. Let me let me check that that wasn't that show. It just seems funny that Toronto would be like. You think if they were busting out, you know, a full flood show, a brand new album, literally, they would have done it at their own uh, stomping grounds. But no. Yeah. No. The the uh, minimum wage. Oh no, I'm I'm forgetting. It's it was even worse with minimum wage. They never played it in the nineties. Oh really? They didn't play it until two thousand. I was misremembering my own. Huh. See, this just I my brain is just too full of conversations about they might be giants. This one just <laughs> pushes the other stuff out immediately. But uh, anyway, we do not have a recording of that very first one. The bootlegs are more rare in the early days because, you know, like actual tapes and stuff like that. I don't know. I think it was more frowned upon back then, too, to sneak in recording devices where these days they oh, seem yeah. to welcome it. But we do have the second performance, like I said, November 2nd of, I'm sorry, November 30th of 2000 at the Bowery Barroom, a full performance of Flood. So this would have been the 10th anniversary of Flood. And I will drop that in right here. Why is the world in Why are we marching hand in hand? Why are the ocean levels rising up? It's a brand new record for 1990. They might be giants, brand new album. So there was an official, or quote-unquote, official released uh, version on Team BG Unlimited that was also from, or was from the year 2001. But I thought this one, despite being a bootleg, like getting that second-ever performance, 
despite the sound quality being a little lesser, I thought was uh, uh, worth putting in there. What did you, what did you think of that? Their second time ever playing it. Yes. Um, it almost, I think that first one is kind of a bit more hesitant kind of sounding. Yeah. I think like the next one you have pulled up is the, uh, the Australia one. And I think that one was a lot more yeah. kind of a confident sound. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was 15 years later. Yeah. Yeah. But on, on this first one, it's just like a little, like an organ tone on the keyboard. Yeah. That's it. Nothing really too, uh, you know, out there. And then the two Johns hesitant, I think is the right word. Hesitantly singing, singing that, um, kind of maybe unsure about how it's going to go. I mean, like, let's just get to birdhouse. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, the, uh, flood live in Australia live album is probably one of the better live albums I've, I've ever listened to like it's just really well done mm-hmm. really well recorded really uh, a stellar performance yeah i was flipping through a bit of it earlier and it's got that epic uh istanbul oh yeah acoustic, with stick uh, like flamenco type yeah with dan miller, miller like going ham <laughs> yeah he just Good goes stuff. berserk on that thing yeah so speaking of which Let's uh, play that one. 2015 Flood Live in Australia official album. I think it can still be purchased. I think occasionally they'll put it up for free. You can download it. It should be on their website as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's listen to this version of Theme from Flood from 2015. Why is the world in love again? Why are we marching Now, another reason I was flipping through the tracks um, just earlier today, I was trying to confirm if they had horns on this tour. Because they have brought, like, Mark Pender has gone on Australian tours in, in the past, like the one they did in 2019. In 2015, I'm like, are those horns that I'm hearing on the theme, are they real or is it a keyboard patch? on Linnell's keyboard. And I was clicking around a bunch. I couldn't find any other horns on that album. And it sounds like you've listened to it a bunch. Are yeah, there any I, horns on the album? I don't think so. It's, I mean, it's been a minute since I've listened to the full show. Um, I don't think it says anything on the wiki either. Mm-mm, no. I mean, it might show like which show it was. Or it might, no? Maybe not. Because the the tone of the horns that you hear under their voices sounds, you know, passable as real, but something about just like the crispness of it or something like it seemed like almost a little too, little too tight, you know. As amazing as their yeah, horns that they like bring around are, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But still, sounds a lot more epic, a lot uh, more kind of in line with the feel of the album cut for sure while uh being the johns and then i wanted to find the most recent one i could and that is uh just last year um pre 
Flans' car accident, uh, June 8th, 2022, at the Bowery Ballroom. I believe this was uh, recorded by Peter Gritch. Who yeah, was this one of the, the first shows after like the pandemic or the bulk yep. of the pandemic? Yep, came back and then had to postpone again. Thanks to a drunk driver. But yeah, let's let's uh, listen to this one. Just last year. Check it out. Why is the world in love again? Why are we marching hand in hand? Why are the ocean levels rising up? It's a brand new record for 1990. They might be giants. Brand new album. And again, this is a bootleg, and and Peter has told me the best way to get the the best mix of a live show is to be up in the balcony. And one thing I like about that with this song, because it's so there's not like a bunch of booming drums and all this stuff, you can really hear the crowd singing along, which I thought was one of the best reasons to include this particular one oh, yeah. on the episode. Well, I mean, with with Just, this one, there's. It almost kind of goes back to that like hesitant beginning. Like, I mean, I think it's they hadn't been performing as much for a while with with the pandemic, mm-hmm. so that kind of explains that. Maybe getting a, maybe not out of practice, but like kind of getting back into the swing of things. But then the crowd kind of pumps it up for them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sounds really joyous there mm-hmm. by the end. You know, I was just happy to be there. I love the sure. love the feel of it. I was wondering if you'd come across any any other albums that kind of have a a similar intro to this. I mean, because it's fairly unique and like unusual to start yeah. an album with something like Theme from Flood. But can you think of anything? I mean, I know like a lot of albums have intros, but they're not. It may be in this kind of style. Right. Announcing the album itself. Jeez, um, hmm. I couldn't really think of anything. I mean, like, Sergeant Pepper kind of has a like introduction-like thing. Yeah. On the first song. Yeah. Um, it's introducing the band. Yeah. I could only there was only one really one that I found. There's a. Are you familiar with the genre of filk music? Filk. Filk. No, what is that? So filk music <laughs> is like sci-fi and fantasy themed folk music. Okay. You kind of sing it in groups that like, uh, it goes back to like the 60s. Uh, just groups Man. would kind of gather at like conventions and there'd be a lot of like original songs, a lot of parodies. So I found this group kind of, hmm. it's it's not like actual filk itself. It's kind of adjacent. It's called, the group is called Future Folk. And Future Folk Volume 1 has uh, a theme song, and it's kind of similar vibes to... It's it's the closest thing I could find, if you Hmm. want to continue a link. Sure. How, in all of my reading and writing about music, how have I never heard (laughs) the term 
Filk. I think that would have stuck with me. <laughs> but that's, yeah, that's another uh, kind of uh, realm of of uh, nerdiness that I'm not as tapped into. You know, my not my exact breed of nerdiness. That sounds yeah. fun. Sounds fun. Yeah, it's, it's a fun time. Like, there's a group here in Provo that actually gets together about once a month. And uh, that's that's a kind of style of music that my partners introduced me to. I introduced yeah. them to the bulk of They Might Be Giants, and then they introduced me to Filk music. So <laughs> Let me check this out. Future yeah. Filk theme song. I mean, this, may, this maybe isn't representative of Filk music itself. It's kind of adjacent. The Earthling said I might be wrong. The future folk needs a theme song to let all of the people know. You're from a planet called Ondo. We said fine and grabbed a pen. Soon ran into a problem. We gave it all we had to give. This is all we came up with. <laughs> and kazoo solos. That's that's very nice. Um, I can't think of any other any other intros off the top of my head. I. I am reminded of when I did uh, the Token to Brooklyn episode not that long ago. We talked about secret tracks, whether at the uh-huh. beginning or the end. And um, in my younger days, I was super into uh, Stone Temple Pilots when they had just gotten big. And there's on the, at the end of their song, at the end of their album, uh, Purple. There's almost kind of like a commercial type sounding song talking about these 12 gracious melodies of the 12 songs that are on the album like hope you enjoy them like it's talking about like yeah hope you it's hope kind, you of, like kind the of the album. opposite yeah yeah finish it finish huh. it off interesting and, mm, if you'd asked me ahead of time maybe i i don't mm, can't think of anything off the top of my dome right now. Yeah. Well, I can call will, in. Yeah, maybe 224 801 2930 or email. This might be a pod at Gmail. And uh, with that, how about the cover section? Yeah. Okay. The first one, again, not a straight up cover, um, but a. Kind of modified uh, a little bit if you're talking about the yeah, uh, dashboard confessional re- one. Mm-hmm. Repurposed for their own introduction to an album, Dashboard Confessional. Uh, Chris Carava, a known fan of the band, they had a covers album in 2007, and uh, did their own version of it, uh, the theme song from Flood for this. Album. What was it called? Uh, the Wire Tapes Volume One. Check it out. Why is the world in love again? Why are we marching hand in? Now, none of the voices on there sound like Chris Caraba unless he's really putting on a voice. I'm not sure, but it it could be the same flood thing where it's like maybe they they hired, hired guns some people session yeah. musicians. Yeah, yeah. I'm not as familiar yeah. with with that band, so I, I couldn't tell you. But it's kind of a yeah. fun way to kick off a covers album, kind of a, a very, very much a niche so. cut yeah. from Flood. 
Yeah, it's one of those where I wonder how much crossover there would have been for people that were hearing that if they recognized what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also love that, you know, a band that could, on the surface, like, seem like it's taking itself so seriously, uh, you know, such hard-on-sleeve, you know, acoustic emo stuff, to have a silly introduction track, I think really is 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 a cool um, way to balance out the uh, the super seriousness of some of their yeah, other maybe, stuff. Maybe makes it stand out as like this. Okay, this is a covers album, maybe. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, Chris Caraba. I I had a chance at getting him on the show a few years ago, and just like a tragic turn of events prevented it from happening. I mean, my only negative thing is I wasn't able to get him on the show, but Chris had a, like a crazy uh rough year in 2020 he uh Mm. so i had been in contact with his management i may have told this story in the show before i don't remember i had been in contact with his his uh someone in his management was like oh yeah he is into them i think he'd be interested let's see uh you know what we can do and so i talked to them a couple of times had never gotten to the hadn't gotten to the point of him picking a song or us choosing a date or anything, but basically they're like, yeah, he's into it. Let's you know, I'll let you know when it's ready. And so then, like, I checked in a few months later, and um, the pandemic had started. I was like, well, his tour got canceled. You know, maybe he'd be able to do it now. And it turned out he had a really good friend that passed away as complications from COVID, and so uh, she was like, yeah, we're not really. We're not bugging him right now about anything. And I'm like, enough said. That's fine. Uh, and then maybe, I don't know, three months later again, I was like, so, uh, you know, what's up? Chris got into a really bad motorcycle accident and was in the hospital for a couple of weeks. Oh, dang. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'll wait again. And then by the time I checked back in, he had switched management companies or something, and the emails were kicking back to me, and I was like, well, <laughs> okay, I don't know. And then I, I tried a couple, like, you know, Hail Mary attempts at, like, Instagram being like, hey, I don't know if you remember on that guy that your management had been talking to you about, maybe, I think. No such luck. So I don't know, maybe someday, but... Yeah, it was a rough 2020 for everyone, yeah, for sure. and he, yeah, had a, a couple instances that just, uh, yeah, it just it, it wasn't in the cards uh, for me. But um, I mean, he's he's all better and he's performing again and stuff, so that's good. And yeah, yeah maybe someday. Cool to have this this track. I did not know that he had this at the beginning of this album. Here, I was unfamiliar with this particular album um yeah but okay so moving on to a uh friends band uh miss rachel jones who has been uh on the show before and had quite a few covers um herself and with her new kind of folk band we are number three this is her how she became known in the tmbg community with her band called the puppet heads yeah i worked i worked with them or at least her for the she did a cover of uh, Underwater Woman on the Glean cover album project, mm. which was really nice. Mm-hmm. It's a really good, really good cover. Yeah, she's got a great voice. And so, yeah, it's her, Blake Thompson, and Chelsea Garcia. And let's play their theme from Flood 
from the TMBS uh, Bandcamp Flood Compilation. Here it is. Why is the world in Why are we marching hand in hand? Why are the ocean levels rising up? It's a brand new record for They would change a lot of them. Yeah, it sounds great. And moving along on the same compilation, Dracula's Necrophobic Actions, another group. I think it's one of the groups that just kind of comes together for these comps, if I'm... Yeah, they did, uh, like, several on that Flood compilation, if I remember right. Yeah, we played them on the Minimum Wage uh, episode as well. And (laughs) this one... um, has a little uh, a, a little note here when you click on the track. It says, What better way to recreate the beautiful voices heard at the beginning of one of the best albums ever made than with the world's cheapest and noisiest theremin? I certainly can't think of one. And with that, here's Dracula's Necrophobic Actions. <laughs> I love it. What do you think? Yeah, I think I think it's a really different take on it. Kind of, it, it fits the vibe of their uh, their group name. It's very like <laughs> uh, spooky. Yeah, <laughs> and I love the sound of a you know, especially novice theremin player. Mm. Theremins are super hard to get pitch accuracy on. I mean, I think a lot of people is playing for like. Would use them as sound effects, mm-hmm. you know, especially early on in sci-fi movies and stuff like that. So to try to oh, get yeah. a melody is tough, and I, I like that. It's just kind of like almost this like seasick vibe where you know you're kind of wobbling around yeah, uh, Thurman, the notes. Yeah, Thurman, Thurman <laughs> makes me think of it's it's like a or maybe the uh, singing saw is kind of a, a physical form of the the theremin in my mind and. I believe mm-hmm. you said you've, you've pl- you play some singing saw. I do. And my friend Emily has done some singing saw as well. Yeah, it's another one of those things where, you know, there's no valve to press or fret, uh, you know. Yeah, you have to, to kind of have good, a good ear for it. Yeah, mm-hmm, yep. And then you kind of feel for it and you use, uh, I mean, the trick is, vibrato. I mean, that's a trick <laughs> that, like, you know, like pedal steel guys will use too, where it's like, you know, rather Close than enough. like having to, you know, get right, right there. Yeah, you know, you're going to wobble around it a little bit intentionally, you know. <laughs> and then there's one more on this compilation. And 
mentioned before, Mr. Peter Gritch doing the theme from Flood. Here's his. Why is the world in love again? Why are we marching? And he said, piece together hastily with chords I stole from an online Omnichord <laughs> simulator and bass from Mario Paint. Yay, question mark. <laughs> yeah, that, that compilation kind of feels like um, they just took every everything they could get. Um, kind of, it all kind of, a lot of it felt kind of last minute. Um, but I, I do like how uh, Peter's cover also kind of reworks the lyrics to apply to the compilation. I thought that was a nice touch. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for 2020. And, okay, moving away from TMBS here, we get Boss Baby music. <laughs> I was trying to find out more info on this this uh, person on Bandcamp. Like, there's just a, a Boss Baby picture and then, like, <laughs> hardly any other, any other info. <laughs> he, him... Eats spicy goodness like a boss. That's all you need to know, I guess. That's all you need to know. So here's the theme from Flood by Boss Baby Music. credited as being real horns but they are most definitely real horns on this one an instrumental horn version what'd you think i given from the title of the the artist i was expecting it to be more of like just like a meme or a shit post kind of thing but it sounds really good it's kind of like more of a not elevator music but kind of something kind of along those lines where it's i don't know It it was Way more solid than I was expecting. Yeah. And, yeah, it doesn't confirm the real horns, but it does say in the album credits, all tracks, except for Theme from Flood, feature sounds from the Korg X5D keyboard. Hmm. So, except for Flood. I mean, to me, it sounds like a trumpet or cornet, French horn, and maybe, like, a baritone, something like that. Yeah, it's almost like the kind of, like, band you'd hear in, like, like a game show or something like dun, 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 like <laughs> that kind of yeah band for <laughs> some kind of game show yeah just a little little brass ensemble to uh you know punctuate yeah. those those exciting moments <laughs> okay now really talking about band here uh, someone named Scott Pilkington did an orchestral arrangement of this. Now, I don't know if it's been, it would be cool if it had been picked up by some sort of publisher or something like uh, J.W. Pepper. You can get the Museum of Idiots jazz band uh, arrangement. You can actually get that for your school band. Well, this guy here did a full band arrangement, woodwinds, brass, percussion, of the theme from Flood, and you can see all the notation and such on his 
YouTube channel as well. It's got Pil- Pilkington Music. Here's the theme from Flood, played out on whatever software he made this on. Let's check it out. What do you think of that? I think uh, this one's really nice. I I think it kind of fits the um, very showmanship-like kind of vibe that the original went for, but it kind of takes it another step, blows it mm-hmm. up a notch. And I, I think yeah, it works really well. Definitely. And the like light kind of marching kind of snare going along yeah. with it. And I especially love the woodwinds because that's where, you know, he really added something new into it, Um, even more than just fleshing out the chords of the brass. Like you get this, you know, yeah, it really works really well. You really get this Sousa kind of feel. I want to I want to hear this like looped from like a marching band at, you know, Memorial Day Parade. or something. Now I kind of want the. Entire album to be orchestralized like this. Yeah, it'd be, maybe it'd be a epic project. Pitch it to him. Here, I'll go ahead and leave a comment right there. How <laughs> 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 you do <laughs> the whole album? <laughs> Smiley face. Uh, yeah, <laughs> every once in a while, I leave comments on YouTube of stuff I play. If it's someone I haven't already been in contact with before. There's there's one guy in particular I'm trying to track down, but it's not the best way to uh, find that you know mystery person. You know, like for sure, leave a comment on something from. Well, this was only from three months ago. Oh, huh. Okay. Maybe yeah. should bring him on the podcast. Yeah, Scott Pilkington. I will find you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems the YouTube channel is all. Uh, kind of orchestral arrangements of stuff. Nothing else I'm really too familiar with. Yeah, I'm sure sure you two could have a, a very interesting conversation, like you've worked in uh, music teaching and arranging, that kind of thing, working with some orches- orchestral elements. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a while since I did like a full arrangement of something, but I did a lot in college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be interesting. Yeah. Okay, next up is one that you reminded me existed. Uh, The chipped version of Flood, which I don't know, like it may have disappeared off of SoundCloud or something. I I don't know why it didn't pop up, because it didn't pop up when I was searching for minimum wage Mm. either. But this guy, Max... uh, What's the name? Max... Uh, Ah. Dembski? Yeah, Dembski. I believe Max Dembski. Yeah, the version I found on YouTube, yeah. uh, it says like they re-uploaded it. Uh, like I remember downloading that project when I first found out about it. Yeah, it's it's all really good. It's a really good interpretation of the whole album, for sure. Ship tuned the whole thing, so let's check it out. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I'm a sucker for chiptune, for sure. I don't, I don't know why. It's just like I'm just an easy sell on that. It's just you know, just, anyone who grew up playing eight bit, sixteen bit. Yeah, they're they're working with such like a, a limited palette of sounds they can do, and I think this this Max fellow does it really well. Yeah, yeah. Something about those limitations like kind of breeds creativity in in another way. Um. What I, you know, what I always want to hear more of is I want to hear chiptune that has vocals with it. Hmm. And I don't know if you're familiar with, uh, I always say this band names, this band's name wrong, uh, Anamanaguchi. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, Anamanaguchi. Yeah. yeah. Anamanaguchi. They, they do some really interest, interesting stuff with uh, uh, kind of that chiptune element. Uh, inspired, yeah. I think they were inspired by... Um, Toby Fox, who did the Undertale game and the soundtrack, uh, mm. I know there's some influence there. Uh, hmm. they're, they're a band that my friend and former coworker Hunter uh, introduced me to. Yeah, super so fun shout stuff. Out, shout and, out, and to I him. always liked. Yeah, shout outs to Hunter, and and I always liked how they, um, you know, they incorporate some guitars and stuff like that. So it's not just like this pure limited palette, but they're taking like. They're rocking it out more, but you still get enough of that Nintendo uh, sound to, to yeah, satisfy like that. Game Boy, but like, uh, yeah, it's like Game Boy, but like, it's like Game Boy, but Trans Siberian Orchestra <laughs> version of the Game Boy. I don't know. Right there, you go. And then the freshest of the theme from Flood Covers was just sent to me yesterday by the newest member of the TMVP Covers crew, Joel Shaughnessy, uh, sent over with just one day's notice. Like, he literally (laughs) emailed me Tuesday, like, hey, what do I have to do to get in the Covers crew? I'm like, if you're willing to send me covers, you know, for episodes I'm about to do, you're in. (laughs) It's like, okay. Next day, there it was in my wow. inbox, the theme from Flood. Joel Shaughnessy, let's check it out. I think this one, uh, it's a very different take on it. Like, not a genre I would expect from Theme from Flood. Kind of more of that rock, like, I don't know, more up, even more up-tempo than the original kind of vibe. Yeah. Interesting take, for sure. It's a little bit of uh, kind of um, sloppy raw punk vibe. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it definitely harnesses that that immediacy that that he obviously, you know, needed to do it in a day, but <laughs> you know, obviously intentionally. I love just, you know, you've got like probably Garage Band drums, just like, dun, 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 dun. and then the first thing you hear from the guitarist is just like this, like, like this <laughs> weird little bend. <laughs> it's like, oh man, what's coming next? It's a and brand new record I, for 2090. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, I it's yeah I love it and just the melody kind of devolves into like half yelled 
uh, half yelped kind of thing near the end there. And or maybe it's, it's like uh, the other side of the nineties, <laughs> like the, the grunge or like go. the punk side of the nineties. Yeah, and it just like it it it's exudes like another kind of joy. Like we've talked about the joyousness of the uh, the original. This one is just like kind of like a ah, I've got so much excitement, I got to get it out, you know. And uh, I'm a big fan of it. And I'm the kind of guy that uh, when I record, you know, I like to when I'm doing music, you know, I'll, I'll slice stuff up and I'll make stuff perfect sometimes. But sometimes, you know, you want to leave the warts in there. You know, you want. Uh, you know, keeps it interesting, you know? Kind of makes it feel like kind of like a live performance. Captures that energy. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Okay, so that was a lot of covers of a short song. And we are now to that moment where you must score the theme from Flood. This is a mm. weird one to score. Yeah, <laughs> I know, because it's not like... It's own thing. It's not like <laughs> the, the Johns themselves perform it, but they did come up with a concept and they... It's, it's their... It's their song. Um, yeah. I think I'm going to give it an even six. Because mm. I think it's... Six. It, okay. It's not one that I seek out to listen to, just uh, kind of on its own. Mm-hmm. I, I, I exclusively listen to it as part of the Flood experience. Um, but I, I do also think... It it does have a significant place in kind of my history and like a lot of a lot of people's experience with the band. It's kind of that, it's that gateway. It's that inaugural introduction mm-hmm. to the band, and I think it does it does it in a really in a great way. Yeah, and yeah, that's because I was coming at it from that direction for my scoring i think i'm actually gonna go higher than you which rarely happens oh really because i understand what you're saying like yeah like if if you put it on a playlist of like oh my favorite they might be giant stuff it would probably be just to like put it right before birdhouse or something yeah to kind of start the playlist as a parent for me for me there's so many like eight like sevens eight nine tens is probably how i would rank most of their songs to be honest <laughs> right yeah but yeah so it's not like one that i seek out as one of my favorites but it, it it still has that special place in in my history with the band and really flood was kind of my introduction to music it's really the reason that i love mm. music is that album mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean you're yeah your your score is definitely valid there it's it, it is one of those that yeah, it's really tough to settle on a number here, and that's why I'm stalling. But I think <laughs> yeah, even though, you know, it might not stand alone, like, in a playlist, you know, between, like, you know, We Live in a Dump and, uh, yeah. you know, My Evil Twin or something like that, it just feels so essential. Like, Flood wouldn't be the same without it. I feel like like there can't be a single person again, Colin, if you are, there can't be a single person that would, like hit the skip button on that. It's like that's Yeah, like, like I mean you, you I'm mm. I'm very excited to hear like everybody singing along uh in in May when we go to see them. Like Yeah. Like like we listened to that cover or uh that live performance earlier where the audience joins in. It just kind of that has that special kind of moment to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think for that, I'm going to give it uh, a 7.5 as like, it, it, I mean, it's like a rallying cry for Team BG fans. It's that 
one An song. Yeah, anthemic for sure. It's like the anthem before the anthem of Birdhouse. <laughs> it's the the pre anthem anthem. Prelude. Yeah, yeah. Seven point five. I'm 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 sticking with that. And plugs, my friend. Uh, what do you want to tell the people about? Oh, should we play them a song from the haunted croissant? Oh yeah, let me uh, send you one over. What would be a good uh, what, what's what's your birdhouse? <laughs> I mean, right now we our main song on Spotify. Uh, it's called "Lasagna in My Lungs," <laughs> and it's a very unusual song. I play uh, I play rhythm guitar on this. A lot of it is mostly the work of my very talented friends in in the band. But uh, yeah, that. what are the names of the other members again? Oh yeah, so there's Gabe. He's kind of the main, inch, like he does. He's kind of a one man band within our band. Uh, his wife Emma is also in the band, and uh, one of my friends as well. She does like kazoo's, recorders, some more like unusual things, some bass, and then Emily does singing saw, uh, ukulele, and uh, kind of the other half of the songwriting, singing as well. And I, I'm I do guitar. And I am trying to learn accordion as well for that. So yeah. plug for my band, Haunted Croissant. Oh, well, let me uh, let me go ahead and drop in. Let me drop in lasagna in my lungs right here. You close the door like I won't hear, like I don't see your tears. Why do you have to go and hurt me like this every single year? I can tell, yes I know, exactly what you're doing By the way, I can smell what you're chewing They say the walls have eyes, I bet you made them cry I've done my best for you to hide you from the pies The time for games has come and gone I've gotta screw my brainstorming legs back on Our sad fate has been sealed By the simple things I've done wrong Yes, and we can find you on Instagram. Oh yeah, so my I have a Instagram project called Michael Has Records, I guess, where I'm going through my <laughs> record collection uh, and kind of A to Z reviewing them. Uh, like eventually, nice. I'll get to my uh, They Might Be Giants section of this collection. I've got this uh, 
original 1990 pressing of Flood. Very that nice. It's a very a nice part of my collection. Uh, and then I have some, an art page as well, art by AMV on Instagram. You can also find on Facebook. Uh, hopefully, I'll get to posting some more art there uh, soon. I've been pretty busy with classes um, and other things, but hopefully, I'll get some stuff sure. on there posted again pretty soon. What was the uh, Michael plays record? What was it? It's that? Michael has records, I guess. Okay. I was already following you. Got oh, perfect. It. All right, cool. And people know where to find uh, This Might Be a Podcast, all the places. Uh, this Might Be a Pod on Twitter is still where I post a lot of stuff. We're on Instagram, too. And, uh, again, the phone number is 224-801-2930. Answer some of those questions that we uh, posited earlier in the episode. Or email me at thismightbepod at Gmail. If you want to support the show even more than uh, listening, which I appreciate so, so much, you can go to patreon.com slash this might be a podcast. Uh, yeah, and get some swag and some bonus episodes. I got to get back on the uh, exclusive episode train. I haven't done one in a while. But with that, Michael, I think that about does it. Thanks so much for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's It's been an honor. I, I always love... Uh, being able to geek out about music with other people. Oh yeah, that's that's the best thing about this. I'm glad it's not just me blathering about the Giants. <laughs> it is fun to just connect with all the members of the community, like more than just oh, we both commented on a Facebook thing and miscellaneous tea. You know, I feel like you get to know people a little bit better. That's been one of the best things about this whole deal. So yeah, thanks for being on. It's been an honor. <laughs>